0: This is the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and physician assistant Jenny Berman. We are here to treat problems and not symptoms. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to treat anyone or to give medical advice. If you are interested in any information that we are giving and would like to use this for yourself, we recommend that you contact your primary care physician or reach out to us and ask us questions about yourself specifically. Enjoy. We
1: are back. It's your Monday. Hopefully you're listening to this Monday and you're just patiently anticipating this episode to release and you're not listening to it on a Tuesday or Thursday or Friday because you're just so excited for the Berman Method podcast where we're focused on taking down the corporate medical system, David against Goliath. Right?
0: Treating problems, not symptoms. Treating
1: problems, not symptoms. Dr. Jake Berman with my lovely co hostesses, Vera K. Bermanator.
0: Oh, sh- did you know her name? Yeah, she just turned her head. She around. just turned her head.
1: Wow, good That's job, Vera K.
0: And Jenny Berman, physician assistant.
1: Here we go.
0: Vera is over four months old now, you guys. Wow. Time is flying.
1: She's started walking and squatting, <laughs> and it's been a lot of fun.
0: Maybe not walking, but she is rolling, (laughs) sitting fairly well, not all the way on her own, but fairly well.
1: She's not walking. She's not walking. No. No.
0: But for those of you who are just joining in for the first time, she is our youngest daughter, four months old now, and she has a three-year-old sister, Stella June. So there we are, treating problems and not symptoms.
1: Three dogs, a cat, and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Busy household. We currently are not nursing any birds back to health.
1: Oh my goodness. So that's a positive. What a disaster that was. So, in our barn, we do not have a soffit out in the barn. So, every year, every spring, we got birds that build nests up in our rafters. This year, two of the babies, I think they're mockingbirds, fell out of the nest somehow. So now we have had this kitten and these two little baby birds, <laughs> and the mom bird just flying around everywhere, trying to protect the kitten or the baby birds from the kitten. The kitten was too small at the time to actually hurt the baby birds, so the kittens just pawing at the baby birds, and the moms flying around. There was bird crap everywhere
0: well then. A week later, we went out to our boat for the first time in a couple weeks as we had been out of town, and there was a dove in our boat with a nest and a cup holder with two little eggs. I'm like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) Somebody told me we're the Berman's Ark instead of Noah's Ark, we're the Berman's Ark.
1: Uh, Um, I told my buddy that, and he goes, geez, Dr. Doolittle, what are you doing?
0: Right? (laughs) Because if you don't know, the kitten also found us. We did not purchase this kitten. No. It showed up on our doorstep at a month old. So, yes, we have all the mouths. It's a zoo. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no more mouths to feed.
0: Bless you, be okay. All right. So here we are on Monday, and we have a wellness topic today. I'm going to talk about the three... I wouldn't say most common, but three very common questions that I get when I'm talking with individuals, whether it is on social media, they ask me or at a seminar or webinar, they ask me if on their first patient call, they ask my assistant, Jessica. So three very common questions that we get. The first question that I'm going to answer, and this was actually a very recent email that I got was, What do you think about artificial sugar? So there's all this information about we shouldn't be having real sugar, but then now there's more information out saying that artificial sugars like mannitol or erythritol are linked to cancer. So then what about agave or stevia or truvia? What is the best sugar to have?
1: Natural, white, refined, processed cane sugar
0: coconut sugar. There's so many out there. So in my opinion, yes, if you could avoid sugar, that is fantastic. But to live a lifestyle and have zero sugar is very, very, very challenging, very limiting. And it's not necessarily a lifestyle because you can't go out. It's almost
1: impossible because it's literally in everything.
0: Isn't everything, I mean, fruit is sugar, right? So if you were to live a lifestyle with no sugar, you would have essentially whole food proteins, very whole food vegetables that are not starchy at all. So that would get rid of carrots and zucchini and squash. So you'd be um, very fibrous vegetables. And that's pretty much it.
1: Well, I think that the way that you should say it is that's extreme. That's the most extreme you could possibly be. However, there are certain people that try to cut out added sugar. Correct. So, added sugar is the one that I was saying. That shit is in everything. It's in stuff that you wouldn't even think that it's in, and it's hidden with all these fancy names that you would never think means sugar. It's a way that they get away with it. What is there? Eleventy billion different names that sugar can be called on ingredient labels?
0: Well, and that's where I was going with the mannitol, erythritol. Things that end in OL are generally a sugar of some kind, whether it is a sugar alcohol. So what is sugar alcohol? Sugar alcohols are essentially added sugars or artificial sugars that the ha, are less calorie per gram than regular sugar and have less of an impact on your glycemic index, meaning the body does not Absorb them completely so it has less of an impact on spiking blood sugar. So, when you're looking at labels and you're reading about net carbohydrates, you're supposed to remove the fiber and the sugar alcohols from your total carbohydrates to get the net carbohydrates. So, what that is saying is that sugar alcohols are actually good because it's lowering your total carb count on your individual products. However, there's research now that has recently come out showing that there's actually a cancer link to the sugar alcohols.
1: You gotta be kidding me. It causes cancer.
0: Now, in my opinion, everything causes cancer. So if we, again, had to argue what is the better option to go have a Coca-Cola or to go have a protein bar with sugar alcohols in it, I would tell you to go have the protein bar with sugar alcohols in it because we're trying to live the best life that we can, but still have options and a lifestyle and are meeting convenient needs in certain cases. Now, my short answer to all of this is if I had to choose between the best unquote, I'm using air quotes, the best sugar to go to if you needed something, whether that is one of these sugar alcohols or agave or whole sugar, cane sugar, coconut sugar. My option would be to go for an organic plant-based sugar, which is going to be your stevia or your Truvia. These come from a plant. And if you get the organic ones, there's nothing added to it. It's not processed, no GMOs. So if I had to choose, that would be my choice. Um, When I cook things at the house for Stella June and I'm making my broccoli-filled muffins, I will typically throw in a little bit of stevia or truvia if I'm not using something like a protein powder to give it more of a, a sweeter type taste. So I'm not opposed to it. Again, you know, obviously we... Really want everyone to be as wholesome and whole foods as possible and to avoid the added sugars, but that would be my choice personally.
1: Okay, so the answer to the original question, long story short, is an organic sugar stevia or Truvia, Truvia, Stevia Plant-based. or Truvia.
0: Yeah, they're both plant-based.
1: And at the end of the day, it's still sugar. Sugar is still bad. You should be adding as minimal as possible when you're adding sugar into these things, especially when you're switching from regular sugar to a stevia. If you're used to using a teaspoon of sugar in your coffee, try a pinch of stevia. Yep. Right? Isn't that the little green bottle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you don't need much at all. And it's like, wow, right. this
0: is sweet. Right. So that would be my choice. Now, again, these, this is all opinion. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about, my next common question that I get is cardio exercise or strength exercise first or last. Meaning if you're, should I focus on cardio or should I focus on strength Or if I'm doing both, should I do cardio first or should I do cardio last? My answer to this is all of it. Ah. We all need all of it. We must do strength training. There's something called sarcopenia where the body starts to lose one to 2% of our muscle mass as as we age, starting in our twenties and thirties. So our body definitely needs strength training and focus on maintaining or gaining lean muscle mass through strength and lifting weights. That is very, very important for all individuals, especially as hormones are changing postpartum, perimenopause, postmenopause, or, even in the males, the testosterone levels change as we age, if we are not maintaining adequate muscle mass. So strength training starting in our twenties is extremely important. With that being said, our cells and cardiovascular systems still need cardiovascular exercise. So we our bodies need both. We need oxygen to the cells. We need oxygen to our muscles. We need the cardiovascular component of cardiovascular exercise. So my recommendation is if you have 20 minutes in your day, alternate between the two of them. Move your body for 20 minutes. One day you're doing cardio, one day you're doing strength and you're going back and forth. If you have 40 minutes in your day, Focus on 20 minutes of cardio and f- 20 minutes of strength each day, or again, make it some type of balance where you're breaking it up.
1: What if we do like a high-intensity interval training, like a HIIT training where we're doing strength, but we're doing it at such a rate that it's cardio too?
0: That's perfect. And I wouldn't do high-intensity interval training every day just because the your body still needs the focused strength training at a lower steady state heart rate. It needs the focused cardiovascular exercise where you're keeping your heart rate elevated at a steady state. So for instance, for a cardio day, getting your heart rate up to 110 beats per minute for 20 minutes consistently versus when you're HIIT training, it's common that the heart rate's going to go up to 130, 140 and then come down to 90. And then it's gonna go up to 120, and then it's gonna come down to 80. And so it's more intervaled, which is a great style of exercise. However, our body still needs steady state exercise as well. Okay. Now, the last part of that question, the part C of this question is, should I do cardio before I strength train or after I strength train? And again, my recommendation, both.
1: No. I'm not doing cardio after I strength train.
0: So a lot of people will recommend that cardio should actually be done after strength training because you don't want to fatigue your muscles out before you're going and trying to make them stronger by strength training and lifting heavy. And I support that. I support that doing strength, the cardio after your strength training will provide more energy to your muscles and cells. For the strength prior. However, we also need to change it up. Our body gets used to doing the same things every day. And if we are always strength training first and always doing cardio last, we're really not pushing our cardiovascular system as much as we can at certain points during exercise, number one, but number two, the metabolism is going to get used to that. So in my case, for instance, when I work out at home, which is every other day, I do my cardio last because I ride the bike last. When I am at the fitness center or at the gym, I do my cardio first. I work out or I get on the elliptical or the Stairmaster or the banana bike and do my cardiovascular work first. Banana treadmill. Yeah. Banana bike. Did I say that? (laughs) I used. To, I grew up on a banana bike. Did I ever tell you that?
1: <coughs> banana seat.
0: Yeah, the banana treadmill. Yeah. So, and when I'm at the fitness center, I'll do my cardio first and strength second. So I'm alternating every other day, and in my opinion, that's going to be the most beneficial for someone who is trying to be the most efficient in their workouts in improving both systems of strength and cardiovascular exercise.
1: At the end of the day, you just got to change it up. There's really no magic recipe is what I'm trying to say. That is very true. There's no magic recipe. You just have to change it up. So I am one of the most guilty people ever on the planet, as far as this goes, where I'll just get into a what I call a funk or a rut, where I'll do the same thing over and over again. Whenever it's my day to go to the gym, I'll do 10 minutes on the elliptical, 10 minutes on the rower, then I'll go do the same strength training I've been doing for the past seven weeks. It's an effort to make me change it up. Okay, let's do the Stairmaster today. Instead of doing the Stairmaster for 10 minutes, I'm going to do the Stairmaster for 20 minutes. That's really, really mentally challenging for me. However, I have to force myself to stay disciplined to the reason why I'm there to begin with, and it's to progress, not slow the regression. Right?
0: Right? Right. And, you know, another tip that I have and that I do for myself is write your workouts before you go to the gym. Write down what you want to accomplish. Write down your standards. Write down your goals and keep yourself accountable to that. And so that way you are putting some mental effort into figuring out what you're going to do at the gym. It's already prepared. You don't waste time while you're there. And it gives you the ability to change it up a little bit more. I think when you don't prepare your workouts, you get in the gym and you're like, okay, what am I going to do today? And that's where you get in the routine of doing the same thing every time because it's routine and you don't have to think about it.
1: Which is what I do.
0: Correct. So last week you bashed me. So this week I'm bashing you that you should be more diligent with the structure of your workouts if you want to see your fat mass decrease and muscle mass increase.
1: Start sending me the exercises again, and I'll look at them.
0: So we were working out together one Sunday, and he goes to do the same weight as me on something, and I'm like, get more weight on there. How do you think that you're going to increase your muscle mass and decrease your fat mass if you were trying to lift the same weight as me?
1: I'm going to will it to happen.
0: Yeah. So I'm trying to think, what was the third thing I was going to talk about? Oh calories.
1: Calories. Yeah, I've had
0: a lot of questions lately about, well, what about my calories? When we when individuals work with us, we work off of a macronutrient recommendation, meaning proteins, carbohydrates and fats. We set up your goals for your protein, carbohydrate, and fat intake based on what your medical goals are, based on your medical history, and based on uh, where we're trying to go, what your body has been used to, what it needs, what your blood work is showing. And we don't focus on calories. We don't even talk about calories. And yes, at the end of the day, we need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, a calorie surplus to gain weight like lean muscle or a you calorie, meaning, you know, calories in, calories out are the same if we want to maintain weight theoretically. Now, not all calories are created equally. And that's why we don't focus on calories. However, if we do focus on our macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats for our specific goals, our specific medical history, medications, and blood work, your calories are going to fall into place for where we need to reach in order to, hit our goals. So a 1,000 good calories and a 1,000 bad calories are not going to treat your metabolism the same. For you, you need more protein and carbohydrates in your diet. I need more carbohydrates and fats in my diet because of where I'm trying to go, because of nursing, because of my history of insulin resistance myself, because of the amount of muscle mass to fat mass that I have. And everybody is different like that.
1: So you talking about me, I need more carbs and more proteins than you do. You need more fats.
0: And protein.
1: And protein.
0: Right. So my calorie makeup is going to be different than yours. And when your macros change, for someone who has 100 grams of protein, 80 grams of carbs, and 80 grams of fats, their caloric intake is going to be different than somebody who has 100 grams of protein, 40 grams of of carbs, and 90 grams of fat. The caloric makeup is different, or the total calories is different based on those two macronutrient recommendations.
1: How come you have not mentioned cookies?
0: What about cookies?
1: Where do I put the cookies in that?
0: You know, I just saw a recipe for a healthy cookie. I'm going to try it. And then you can have cookies. So. Okay. Protein-based cookies. Okay. So so at the end of the day, we should be focusing uh, metabolically on what your body needs, which is determined not only off your goals and your medical history, but your medications and your blood testing. And that's why we do not focus on calories. At the end of the day, we make sure that your body is in what we call a calorie deficit based on the macros that we've set up, if that is your goal. Okay. Cool. Those are three common questions that we get. Not the most common, but common.
1: Number one, what kind of sugar? We want to use organic sugar, stevia or?
0: Trubia, in my opinion.
1: Number two was what do we do? Cardio, strength training? Do you do it before? Do you after? And the answer was all of the above
0: in rotation.
1: And number three is calories. We shouldn't be focused so much on calories as we should be focusing on the macronutrients because a thousand calories of shit from Burger King or McDonald's or whatever fast food brand it is is not the same as a thousand calories of chicken and veggies.
0: Correct. And you can still do flexible eating with counting macros. Yep. And that, maybe that should be the next topic we talk about is flexible eating. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Okay. Cool. Happy Monday.
1: Subscribe. Pass this along to somebody else. Make sure you like this podcast. We're coming up on 100 episodes soon, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we might have hit it. I got to double check. Oh, we come on.
1: Don't tell me we already hit it. I think we did. You better be wrong because I we've got to make a big deal out of this.
0: Okay. I'll be better at counting.
1: You better be. Damn it.
0: Okay, <laughs> ciao for now. See you guys. Thank you for subscribing on your social media and podcast platforms to the Berman Method, Dr. Jake Berman with Berman Physical Therapy and Jenny Berman, Physician Assistant with Berman Health and Wellness. You can find more information on our website, www.bermanpt.com for physical therapy, bermanpt.com forward slash wellness for the health and wellness. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on your podcast platform. So be sure to follow us, like us, subscribe to us. And if you would like any further information, definitely visit our website and reach out to us. You may also find our free reports on the websites as well, where you can download this free information for yourself. Have a great day.